Hello, hello, welcome. Uh, my name is Pete Morgan. This is the Puppy Podcast. It is the podcast where, on one hand, we talk about our two dogs, four-year-old Golden Labrador Lincoln and nearly 11-month-old Black Labrador Elvis. Obviously, we talk about Elvis more, though, because uh, it's the Puppy Podcast. It's also the place where you, whether you are a dog owner, a puppy owner, or a dog lover, can come with the rest of us, share your experiences, your pleasures, your pains, your trials, your tribulations, in the hope that we will all become better puppy and dog owners. If you've got a question uh, that you think about your dog or your puppy, and you think that uh, someone from the Puppy Podcast family can help, you can get in touch. We're on Facebook at the Puppy Podcast page, on Instagram at the Puppy Podcast, on Twitter at Puppy Podcast, or you can find us on email, thepuppypodcast at gmail.com. If you're joining us for the very first time, thank you so much. Uh, all I would ask is that you uh, tell others um, that you're listening and that you're enjoying it, if you are enjoying it. And if you can, uh, leave a review, uh, please. Five star would be nice. But, you know, I don't want to force anybody uh, on iTunes because that just spreads the word even more. The more reviews we get uh, and the better reviews we get, then higher up um, the, the uh, iTunes rankings we go and more people uh, join in. And then we all just become, you know, the, the, the conversation just gets bigger and we can all benefit from that. Uh, however you're listening to us, whether you are in the car uh, with or without the dogs, whether you are at the dog park, whether you are on a dog walk, whether you're just sat around uh, or whether you're laying in bed uh, and your dog and you're listening to us as well. Welcome along. Uh, also, I just want to mention the fact that you can now sponsor an episode of the Puppy Podcast for as little as £10. Uh, if you are interested, if you are a dog groomer, if you or know a dog groomer, or you organise dog-based events, or uh, you are a kennels or a dog supply place, uh, and you want to sponsor an episode of the Puppy Podcast, Email thepuppypodcast at gmail.com for more details. So, how's your week been? Everything been okay? Good. That's good to know. Uh, plenty to come today. Uh, we'll crack on with dog news. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll start with dog news uh, with Vladimir Putin, the Russian president. He has been given a puppy. Uh, he's been given a puppy from Turkmenistan's president. It was a present for Vladimir Putin. It's a Turkmen shepherd dog um, that uh, known as Alibi. Uh, take from that what you will. Uh, it, it, not in Alibi as in uh, your um, your excuse for not being at the scene of a crime. Uh, it's spelt A L A B A I. Uh, and uh, yes, it was given to him. It was a, a belated birthday gift. And uh, Alibi is the, the kind of the breed of the dog. The actual name of the dog uh, is Verni, uh, which is faithful in Russian. So Verni, the dog, uh, is now with Vladimir Putin. Insert your own joke here as to, <laughs> as to how that might go. To be fair, there's a very sweet picture of Vladimir Putin kissing this puppy's head, uh, which really does look very, very sweet. And the the uh, the pup looks incredibly cuddly. Uh, it looks very um, uh, kind of Saint Bernardish. 
you know, they're one of those kind of Newfoundland, those kind of big dogs. You get the impression that he, this is going to be some, you know, he's going to be like a donkey when he grows up. Um, but uh, at the moment, as with all pups, looks very, very cute indeed. Uh, so that's one of the news stories that's around this week about dogs. The other one is in Italy. This is uh, uh, an academic at Rome's La Sapienza University. Uh, she has won a legal battle for sick pay when she took time off uh, to look after her dog. I think this is great. Uh, it is the first such finding by an Italian court, and the judge accepted the woman's case that the university should put the absence down to serious or family personal reasons. Uh, she took two days off uh, for her 12-year-old English setter called Cucciola, uh, when the dog underwent surgery. Her lawyers pointed to a provision in Italian law which says people who abandon an animal to grave suffering can be jailed for a year and fined up to €10,000. I think this is wonderful. I know we talked in the past, it was an American firm that was offering paternity um, leave for people who were getting a new pup so they would pay for them to take a couple of weeks off. Uh, I think this is just as vital a step forward um because i mean we've talked about this in the past and for some of us certainly in my case mine and joe's case lincoln and elvis are our children we don't have children um these are our children so it's important that we are with them when they are poorly it's important that we look after them when they are sick it's important that we spend time with them and make sure they're not on their own too much and I, I'd like to think that employers are starting to make that um, that distinction as well, and that the people who have dogs or puppies who are a big part of their lives and as just as important to them as children are to other families, they need to be treated as such. And again, I realise that the the absolute letter of the law doesn't back that up. But how many times, if you've been at work, has somebody said, I've got to leave early because, you know, my child's in a play or my child's got football practice? or my... But if you said, oh, I'm, I'm leaving early because we've got puppy class tonight, you would be looked at askance. People would look at you as though you were a little bit odd. And that shouldn't be the case. It's just as important. Just because it's not important to them... It doesn't mean that it's not important to you. Different with cigarette breaks, because that's just bad health. <laughs> but yeah, so that is uh, the da -da 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 dog news uh, for this week. Of course, any dog news you come across and you think we'd be interested in it, you can uh, chuck it at us uh, on the email, thepuppypodcast at gmail.com. Um, great guest on the show this week. I appreciate we've not had a guest for a couple of weeks and I've just been trying to get things together. Um, I bumped into a guy called Steve Ball. Steve is a volunteer for Guide Dogs for the Blind. And I actually bumped into him as he was holding an eight-week-old German Shepherd puppy that was gorgeous and made my heart melt. And genuinely, I thought, maybe we could get a third. That thought was quickly dismissed, but this, this puppy was gorgeous. So um, Steve and I agreed that we would speak again over the phone and I would talk to him about uh, what it's like being a volunteer for Guide Dogs for the Blind. First of all, I asked him, how did he get started? I used to be a Cub Scout leader uh, with Fourth Bedworth 
and um, we had a specialised sight night uh, where we were teaching the children um, about disabilities and we did sight loss. And somebody from Exor Grange School uh, put me in contact with a guide dog speaker who came out the following week and did a talk on puppy walking uh, for the kids. And I was just absolutely fascinated. And I went home, said to my wife, look, you know, I think we need to look into this. And that was 16 years ago. Because <laughs> did you have dogs at the time? Were you a dog family we, or...? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had dogs growing up. Uh, we've always had a dog in the family. Um, and uh, so, I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, I, I'm a real, real dog lover. Mm. And, um, I mean, we're now on puppy number 17. So, you know, it's, it's once, once it gets into your system, <laughs> it, it doesn't let go very easily. So just talk us through how the process works for you what's your kind of beginning point and end point with with these dogs okie dokie we get a um new puppy brought out to us at the age of seven weeks at six weeks of age they leave the brood bitch and they go into our breeding center at bishop's touchbrook mm. uh from there they're assessed and microchipped and given a health check and then um, a week after they go in there, they actually come out to a puppy walker like myself. And I mean, there are, there are thousands of puppy walkers around the UK. Um, from there, it's my and my family's job to actually try and get the puppy as used to as many situations as he possibly or she can possibly be, you know, um, exposed to. Uh, the sort of thing that a trained guide dog and a working guide dog will actually be exposed to, such as shops, uh, buses, trains, restaurants, uh, you name it. Anywhere that a trained guide dog can go, we try and take the puppies. And most shops and places like that are absolutely fabulous. They understand that we need to do the training. They let us in. And I think it was saying 16 years, I've only been asked to leave one shop, and that was on religious grounds. So, you know... That's not bad in 16 years. No, that that isn't bad. How, so you, I mean, you, you will have, what, what is it, are you looking for, is it just that they're calm in those situations or is it something else that, that you're looking for with these dogs? Calm yet attentive. Right. They need to sort of be aware of their surroundings. Um, but it's also, we've got to make sure that they are not very easily distracted um, for instance, we don't want to be walking down the road and an emergency vehicle comes past with its siren blaring mm. and, you know, the dog has a massive freak out and becomes very, very upset by that. Um, that's obviously the last thing that we want. We don't want the dogs to actually be overwhelmed by crowds. Uh, we want them to feel quite comfortable um, and quite quite happy in their surroundings, no matter what those surroundings are. Yeah. Uh, but that all that's that's a very gradual sort of a thing all guide dog training is all done through positive reinforcement we don't make the dogs do anything or we don't expose them to anything that we think is going to bring them harm or stress um the, the trick is to it's it's psychological it's making the puppy think that it was his idea that he wanted to do it <laughs> when really it was ours that's the the, the difficulty with what you do because yep. you have an animal and what yep. you're trying to get the, and you and neither of you speak the same language and you're trying to get it 
to be far more than it was born to be? um, Yes and no. Um, You would be surprised when you actually, I mean, I I was brought up, I say, with dogs. But for me, I was one of the old, you know, Barbara Woodhouse Mm. type, you know, if if, if a dog, if I want a dog to sit, it will sit Mm. because I shout at it to sit. Do you know what I mean? Um, But the more you look into it and the more that we look into dogs as a whole, we can actually see that they are very, very intelligent, a lot more intelligent than we thought. And I think the adult, the the average adult dog has the intelligence of a five to six year old child. So you know what I mean? That there Mm -hmm. is a great amount of intelligence there and it's just bringing that intelligence out of the dog. The dogs are a lot easier to train than the children. We've tried positive reinforcement with the kids, and that didn't work so well. <laughs> but saying that, um, it really is a case of, you know, it's, it's, it's bringing out the natural instinct and the natural talent of that dog. Mm. Um, and it's making everything fun. It's turning everything into a game so that the dog really, really wants to do what you want it to do. And am I right in generally kind of breed-wise, it's uh, Alsatians, German Shepherds, Labradors, Golden Retrievers. Really, those are the breeds that are used as, for, for guide dogs. The main ones that we use at the moment are um, Golden Retriever and Labrador Crosses right. um, because they tend to bring out the best of both of them because Labradors, um, you know, they're very food orientated. Yes, they are. And, you know, I mean, they would chew their own leg off for a treat. Yes, they would. Um, golden retrievers, anybody that knows golden retrievers will know that, any, you know, you call them golden deceivers because they can look like angelic little creatures but be as stubborn as a mule. Yep. Um, and the German shepherds, some people really do prefer the German Shepherds, but we also use other ones as well. We use German Shepherd Golden Retriever Crosses, right. um, which are absolutely gorgeous. And, of course, guide dogs um, do the Labradoodles as well. Of course. Uh, for, people, for people with pet allergies, because a Labradoodle's fur is non-allergenic. So, you know. And I'm just I'm wondering why it's, why is those, why, you know, why... Has anyone kind of tried, you know, with a like a spaniel or with a, like a smaller dog? Or I'm just wondering, how did we fall into the pattern of these being the dogs that are best suited for this? Temperament and size. Right. It, it is temperament and size. If you look at something like a spaniel, um, you can understand why customs use those for, for drugs dogs, uh, mm. because they are absolutely manic. Yes, they are. They are really, really manic. They love to play. They love to, you know, sort of rummage around in the undergrowth. And, you know, everything for those is a game of find. You know, you you hide it, I'll find it. Uh, we tend not to use Chihuahuas and Labradors, uh, sorry, Chihuahuas and uh, Jack Russells, because we don't have many partially sighted hobbits. Right. <laughs> um, and obviously, you know, I mean, should that actually, should that change, then I'm sure that guide dogs will look at that sort of thing. <laughs> Fair enough. But, you know, um, so it it is. What a lot of people don't understand is it's not just a case of the dog being given to a person with sight loss and saying, get on with it. Each dog is specifically um, suited to a specific person. So if that person has quite a busy lifestyle, then they're given a dog that likes to work. Um, And, you know, it's nothing happier than when it's pounding the pavements or climbing up a mountain. Uh, 
Right. Um, if it's a little old lady who goes to the shops once a day but likes to take a, a dog with her, then they're given a dog with a lower work ethic. So, you know, if it's somebody tall, they're given a large dog. If it's somebody small, they're given a smaller dog. Because it was only recently that I realised, um, I think it, might, it may well have been an article that I read, that when somebody gets a guide dog, it's not for life. That isn't, there's a kind of a, a defined amount of time that they're going to be together. That's right, isn't it? Oh, it is. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, dogs obviously age at a, 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 you know, a big difference to what to what humans do. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I think it, I, I, I don't know if it is still, but it, we used to believe that it was one human year to seven dog years. Yeah. Um, so obviously, a dog, a guide dog, can only work for so long before it gets too old, and it then has to be retired, like humans. Mm. You know, you only work for so long before you find yourself incapable of doing the job that you did 10 years ago. So dogs are very much the same. Mm. Um, so uh, the working life of a guide dog is normally between 8 and 10 years uh, from, from birth. Because that must be quite hard. I mean, it must be hard on you because they're not your pet. It's a, yep. you know, it, it's, it's a job. But, and it must be quite hard for the person who has the guide dog that knowing that as, as opposed to us with our two dogs, we know we are going to see these two dogs out, you know, with their natural lives and they'll be with us yep. as they grow old. But, yep. the, the, you know, the, the person with, with sight issues isn't. They're going to have to say goodbye to, to, this, to this, this animal that has become kind of their best friend. Well, that's the thing. A lot of people don't actually realise that they do actually become the person's best friend. It's not the, the guide dog is not at all. Um, it is a partnership. The, the 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 person with sight loss actually supports the dog as much as the dog supports the person you know that it's guiding. Yeah. Um, but when the dog is actually retired, obviously, first of all, it's offered to the guide dog owner. And there are a lot of guide dog owners out there who will have two dogs. They will have their retired dog and they will have a new dog. Oh. So that dog doesn't actually ever leave the family. Oh. Um, if, if the guide dog owner can't look after it, then it uh, is offered to a member of the guide dog's family so that it still stays in a familiar environment. Um, if that doesn't happen, it's then offered to the puppy walker, like myself, um, to see if we want the dog back mm. so that, again, the dog goes back to a familiar surrounding um, you know, it's not stressed. It's it's goes back to people. It, it knows. It probably doesn't know where it knows them from, but it knows it knows them. Yeah. Um, or then it's actually offered out to the general public for rehoming. Yeah. Um, and the, the the waiting list for a rehomed retired guide dog is, I think, it was about two years at some at yeah. one point. It doesn't that doesn't surprise me at all. You know, it, um, it's. I mean, that they are the perfect dogs. They've been very very well looked after. Uh, the health care that the guide dogs give to their dogs is second to none. I mean, you know, the, the, the dog is the main priority. And if I didn't believe that, I wouldn't have volunteered for them for so no. long. Um, how quickly do you know whether or not a dog is going to make a good guide dog? There are certain dogs that you can tell straight off the bat. Um, you know, there are certain dogs when you look at them and you think, yep, there's something going on behind those eyes. And then there are other dogs when you think to yourself, hello, is there anybody in? Um, yeah, yeah, we've got we, two we, of them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we've, we've had them in the past. We have had them in the past. But you, you can normally tell by about the age of about six months for definite um, whether or not the dog is a yay or an A. 
but then you do get the ones as well that they do take a little bit more maturing um, like humans again uh, not all dogs mature at the same rate um, some have a better work ethic than others you know so it, it is very very flexible and each each individual case is individual literally yeah. we've had say 16 17 dogs and not one of them has been the same every oh, single one of them has been completely different um obviously with the puppy podcast it's it's a conversation it's other dog owners it's other puppy owners kind of getting yep. on board and and sharing their experiences and i know um from the emails that i've had a lot of people who are getting a new puppy get the the podcast is there anything that you do that is transferable and universal to any kind of puppy owner any kind of bit of advice that you can pass on Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, the, the thing is, when we go out uh, with the guide dogs and we walk in, the, the, the one main thing that we always get is, oh, they're so well-behaved. Mm. I can't believe how calm your dog is compared to... I've got a lunatic at home, but I can't believe how calm yours is. And it's all down to training. You know, that's got nothing at all to do. You know, we, we don't sort of lobotomize them when they're born so that they, you know, they, they are naturally calm. It is all down to training. And the only thing that I could probably say to a new puppy owner is to make sure that you keep the dog mentally stimulated as well as physically, because they are very intelligent animals and they do need as much mental stimulation as they do physical stimulation. Um, the other thing that I would suggest is, um, I mean, we, we can normally house train a dog within, two, within a week and a half to two weeks and wow. have them completely clean. And again, that is all done through positive reinforcement. Um, start taking them out every half an hour. When they do do, um, uh, you know, their business, treat them. Give them a command. I mean, we use the busy command. Um, so we'll sort of turn around and say, we're busy. And we'll treat them and give them a good fussing. And eventually they soon realise that, you know. And they, they do realise that if they go out and they do their business on command, they're going to get treated. Whereas if they go out, walk around, or pretend to do it, which we've had some that have tried that on, they will actually assume the position, not do anything, and come back for a treat. So, I mean, that shows the intelligence of some dogs, you know. So, but it, it is all just down to looking at the world through the dog's eyes. Lovely to hear from Steve. It's so good of him to give up his time as well. Uh, if you want to find out more uh, and predominantly, this is if you're based in the UK, uh, you can go to the Guide Dogs Facebook page. Uh, they've got a few accounts on Instagram as well because of the different branches. Uh, so there is uh, definitely a Central Midlands Instagram account for Guide Dogs UK. And then there's other areas as well. Uh, there is also the website, uh, which is guidedogs.org. Um, Steve uh, asked me to tell you to encourage you to check out the website and look at the volunteering section because they are always in need of other volunteers whether it's just puppy walkers uh, puppy boarders who look after the puppies when the, the, uh, the people like Steve have to go away for a couple of days uh, there are many many roles that they need vol volunteers for at Guide Dogs for the Blind. So check out the website guidedogs.org and you could sign up and be a volunteer as well. Uh, I was talking on social media this week about what's the most luxurious thing you've bought your dog. Um, because we, I mean, this is a few years ago now, but we bought Lincoln this kind of faux leather Chesterfield 
dog bed, but it looks like a, a mini sofa. I mean, it's a fair old size. And the reason I'm mentioning it this week is because it, it started to become damaged. So uh, we're going to have to look at how we sort that out and it, can you replace this this the, the, the part that's damaged or we're going to have to just glue it up and hope for the best. Um, and it just got me thinking about, well, you know, other dog owners must have bought luxurious things uh, for their dog. So put it on social media and saw what you came back with. Nick said, we bought a three-seater reclining leather settee, although originally we did think it was for us. Ah, yes. That's, and we've got a big uh, kind of cuddler chair. So it's kind of a chair and a half uh, in our living room. And yeah, that's uh, I very rarely sat on by a human. It generally has either Lincoln or Elvis on it. Uh, Joe says, most luxurious thing was a doggy passport so that he could come on holiday with us. Oh, oh that's sweet, that Joe. That's good. I think and that's something we're going to be thinking about with these two in the next couple of years or so. Amy said for Bowser's first birthday, we bought him a homemade dog cake delivered to our door from some organic dog bakery. We also had our backyard turned into a garden, just so we can go out there, sniff, turn his nose up and come back in. And he has his own chair too. Oh God, what about his new robo-leg? Does that count? Because Bowser's uh, been in for a, a few operations recently, he's not been very well. And apparently his new robo-leg cost him £3,500. Uh, <laughs> which, which I think, it, that's about $5,000. Uh, that's about four and a half thousand um, euro. Uh, that's yeah, that's that's luxury. Is Robo leg? Whether or not he's enjoying it, the Robo leg counts as a very luxurious thing. Uh, Lucy said, "Yep, yeah, uh, big uh, faux Chesterfield uh, dog bed. Um, our dog Monty actually won his. He was dog of the week with the business supplies company, and we won a fifty pound voucher to use with a pet website. And I put on the other fifty pound and got his luxurious leather bed. Does he sleep on it? Does he eck?" Which, again, I mean, Lincoln and Elvis rarely sleep on that bed. They certainly don't at night. If Lincoln goes on it, it's because he's just bored of everybody. That he's just like, you know what? I just need time away. Forget you. Uh, Jacqueline says, I spoil Binky the dog, Queenie my stable cat, and big baby Prince my horse. They all have the best. Binky and Queenie have three beds. And Prince has more tack and rugs than he needs, but I love them all equally. Not forgetting my husband. Oh, yeah, he came in last there, Jacqueline. Right at the bottom of the list. Um, Helen says, a dog tag from Harrods. I took him there. Brackets, you get taken up by someone. Oh, we looked around and the only thing I could afford was the dog tag. Oh, well, because we're in London a fair bit over the next few weeks. So if I can, I'll nip in and just see how much it was. Because I can imagine it's blummin' expensive. And Jill says a 4x4 four four, uh, was the most luxurious thing we bought for our rather large and boisterous Labrador. It certainly made long journeys easier. I know what you mean, Jill. I'm just about to change cars in the next two or three months. And uh, it's the, the thing we're looking at is it's just got to be big enough. That's the, the only consideration is it's just got to be big enough to get the dogs in. 
Not as in just big enough, barely big enough, as in that's the only consideration. Is this car big enough to get the dogs in? Yes. Well, everything else we'll just have to work around. It's all about getting the dogs in. Thank you so much uh, for getting in touch and uh, lovely to hear from you. Don't forget anything that we've talked about. Uh, if you want to tell us about the most luxurious thing you've bought your dog, you can. Uh, how happy is your dog, which we've talked about in the past? Uh, what is it that they're barking at? The best tip you've heard about looking after your puppy. Anything. Anything you want to get in touch with the Puppy Podcast about, then you can. Uh, We're on the Facebook page, the Puppy Podcast. On Instagram, at the Puppy Podcast. On Twitter, at Puppy Podcast. Or you can always email thepuppypodcast at gmail.com. Elvis this week, it's been good. I posted the photo of him on his training lead out in Sutton Park. Um, that's been going really well. Um, the the problem that we've had now is we've let his street walking, his lead walking slip. So we're having to kind of get back into that. Uh, really, essentially, we we we're having to kind of build up to doing six walks a day, not with Elvis, three with Elvis, three with Lincoln, um, because we ju- we can't walk them together at the moment because he just gets too excited and and it's too much of a a distraction for him. So we what we need to do it's kind of immersing him and getting him out there as as much as possible and we need to socialize him more he's met a few dogs and he's great with some he's a bit of a pain with others you know he kind of gets a little bit aggressive with a couple of others Uh, so we'll just you know we'll we'll keep plugging on with it that's that's the only thing that we can do uh and uh what has he barked at this week um he barked at a garden mirror but it wasn't his own reflection he was looking at it at a weird angle so I don't know if he'd seen something in it, uh, but he was barking at this mirror like all giddy up. And uh, the other one was Lincoln snoring. Um, it was the other night and Joe and myself were watching telly. Both of them were asleep. And all of a sudden, Elvis could punk, <laughs> wide awake and boo, 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 at Lincoln's snoring. Kind of gets up and goes up to Lincoln. And Lincoln doesn't even wake up. Didn't even wake up. Didn't even. Didn't even stir. Didn't even stop snoring. Which, and that takes some going. Uh, He's got a gift. Um, I posted on social media a picture of a chocolate Labrador that I came across the other day. And someone said, I hope we're going to hear about this. That was Monty. That is actually my accountant's dog who he brings into the office on a regular basis. Relatively young, uh, but just gorgeous. So well behaved. Just lovely. And just laid kind of lay by us all the way through the meeting I was there for about an hour and he just lay there and just chilled and it really was it was absolutely it was beautiful uh so yeah Monty the chocolate lab it it's not kind of tipped me into getting a chocolate lab because I still think that in the long run they're a bit too mad uh, and I, that's that's not what I want um or not what we want and I just have to mention this and if you've got a puppy uh, then you will hopefully relate to this. If you're thinking of getting a puppy, here's just a little taster. Some friends of ours got a new puppy. Um, a uh, uh, it's a, a Vimarama. Uh, they've called it Axel, and it's you know only it's a couple of months old. And they had to go away for a few days, so they got their teenage son to stay at the house all weekend. You know, normally be away with his friends. I say teenage, you know, it's like 18, and uh, he would look after the puppy. In their absence. So they, they go away. And after a couple of days, they give him a call. And 
He picks up the phone. Picks up the phone and says, when, please, when are you coming back? Axel is a nightmare. They said, what what are you talking about? (laughs) And (laughs) their son said, it's like, it's like looking after a baby who's got a knife. So basically, this puppy had found his teeth and was using them on everything as much as he possibly could. That just really made me laugh. It's like looking after a baby with a knife. Uh, So there you go. If you're just getting a puppy, you've got that to come. Uh, Okay, brilliant. If you want to get in touch with us, and I love it when you do, it's It's an interactive conversation of a podcast. Um, As you will know, over the past few weeks, we've not had guests and things, and there's been a couple of podcasts which it's really just been me talking you don't want that on a regular basis it's so good to hear uh, from you we are on facebook on the puppy podcast page uh, we are on instagram at the puppy podcast we are on twitter at puppy podcast and i look to post at least once a day whether it's just a reminder to have a listen to that week's episode or the fact that you can subscribe to us on itunes uh, or it will be pictures of, of uh, lincoln and elvis i try and post at least once a day on all three of those uh, you can always email us as well and thanks very much to a couple of emails uh, we've got recently uh, the puppy podcast at gmail.com you can subscribe on itunes stitcher google play iHeartRadio and all good podcast apps uh, this has been a monkey pants production thank you so much as always for listening and i will see you and your furry babies next week